2: TJ Pittinger down in Tampa. TJ, my biggest knock about this controversy regarding Florida State in the playoffs would be the committee, the clown show committee. They were disingenuous. They should have said, if indeed it was the case, Jordan Travis's injury. Could present a problem. We'll monitor it. We'll watch Florida State, and if we deem them not good enough, we'll have to address this. They didn't do that. That's the problem. Yeah,
3: I, I mean, you know, Dad asked me how I was doing when he called me to get me on, and I said, "Well, I'm still mad, but other than that, life is great." Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And why did they do that, Bill? They did that for ratings. If they had dropped Florida State to sixth or seventh. After the injury, nobody tunes in for the Florida game. Nobody tunes in for the east It's all about ratings. It's all about TV. It's all about, you know, the networks trying to get the best possible matchups and the most favorable ratings for them every week of the year. And if you drop Florida State to seventh or eighth, who even tunes in for the stuff on TV? Like, you know how it's going to go down. And so, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. After the, after the North Alabama game where he got hurt, They raved about Tate Rodemaker coming in and scoring 58 straight points. After the Florida game, they asked about Tate again. Luke Corrigan, cowardless, spineless, jerk, says, no, they're more than just one guy, uh, Reese. They've got a lot of dudes on that team, Reese. It's, It's 84 other guys that are bringing it right now, and that's a tough place to go play in the swamp. And so if you praised Tate for two weeks and said that he wasn't the problem and said that you still thought Florida State was great, how can you even evaluate them on a third-string quarterback who's not going to be playing in the playoffs? Uh, Tate obviously had a concussion. Obviously, I was somewhat limited in what was said the week leading up to the Louisville game. But he had a concussion that he was 50-50 in game time, didn't end up going, and would have been back for the playoffs. And so how would you even evaluate Florida State on a three- third-string quarterback, um, and how would you use that for your determination? That's why, to me, Bill, it was never about the injury. It was never about Jordan Travis or Tate Rodemaker or anybody else. An SEC team had to get in, and they were going to do whatever they could to do that. And in their mind, it was a greater injustice to ignore the head-to-head in week two than it was to leave out a 13-0 Power 5 undefeated champ. And so that's what they did.
2: Jim and Jupiter, no Kev up in Chicago. I'm sure Allen and Tampa, they want to know about the portal. How many players do you think they will take, and will they take a quarterback? And also, very bad run-on sentence here by the host of the show. What's this with his DJU rumors?
3: Man, these guys are jumping to the portal. I still want to rant about the uh, playoff. I'm hoping Florida State's the first one in the portal and gets the hell out of the ACC. But, <laughs> yeah, on the portal... On the portal, all right. I've I spoken my piece now.
2: Uh,
3: somebody save me and ask another question about that. But on the portal, I like you know. I think Florida State fans are massively underrating DJU. I you know they remember him from Clemson, right? And then he goes out and plays all his games at 10 p.m. on the West Coast. and Nobody watches. He's not perfect by any means. You know? I, I don't think you're you're pulling in a you know a Jaden Daniels or a, 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 you know a, a quarterback like that by any means. But he had a better QBR than Jordan Travis did. A little lower completion percentage. I think that's something that Mike Norvell would want to clean up. Uh, pretty good touchdown to interception ratio. I think he had one less touchdown than Jordan Travis did. Had a few more interceptions. But I think Jordan Travis probably got away with, like, three or four, like, blatantly dropped bad passes in, in game. Like, Jordan's two interceptions is probably not as, as good as he truly played. Like, he probably should have five or six. So they had pretty comparable stats. He had more rushing yards than Travis did. He about the same number of rushing touchdowns. Um, He's more durable than JT is, just a bigger frame. Not as dynamic of a runner, but still very effective. I think people are sleeping on him. I also like the fact that he's just one year. You know, you you get a one-year guy, he works out great. If not, he doesn't kind of screw up your whole QB room and what you're looking at in the future. So I think he's interesting as far as the portal – You know, guys exiting. I mean, you know, Pat Payton said he was going to put his name in. He's recently deleted that tweet. I'm told things seem to be good there. Uh, But who knows, man? Like, he could, you know, I I don't trust any of these kids in any program anymore. He could tweet it out while we're on this interview right now that he's going back in the portal. So, who freaking knows? But uh, as far as picking up guys, I mean, I'd look at them to be pretty active at, uh, you know, linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, quarterback, obviously, Offensive line wouldn't surprise me much. Um, I think anywhere else, if you can get just a dynamic RB1 or wide receiver 1 or tight end, like another Keon Coleman out there, right, which I don't know how many are out there in the portal right now. But, like, if you can do that kind of thing, then, yeah, I think you you go after it. But defensive end, linebacker, D-tackle maybe,
2: offensive line, quarterback would, would be the big positions I'm looking at right now. But you think there is some substance to the DJU topic? Yeah,
3: I do. I think there's interest both ways for sure.
2: I, I'm not saying that, that that they're definitely like,
3: you know, last year we, you know, we were like, oh yeah, they're getting this guy, they're going after this. But I think there's definitely some interest. He's not the only one. I think they have some interest in Cam Ward. I think they have some interest with Dante Moore, um, the Pac, all all the Pac-12 guys right now. But yeah, there's definitely some interest with in DJU.
2: DJU, California kid to Clemson, then to Corvallis, then to Tallahassee. How about that for a trek?
3: Man, you got to like
2: that uh, Clemson matchup coming back. You think he'd be motivated to play in that one with them coming into Doe Campbell this year? That would be. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Jeff, too, here on the 615. Ask TJ why he is not showing hatred towards the Alliance, because if not for the Alliance, Florida State would be playing in the playoffs.
3: I think the the Alliance of the Pac-12 and Big Ten and the ACC, I, I think that's, yeah, I, I think that was one of the dumbest things that ever happened. I, I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that that was ever going to be a, a real thing that went down. Immediately after that started happening, the Pac-12 started fracturing like crazy, and the Big Ten started adding more teams. So, and the ACC's leadership is just awful. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think the alliance would have saved Florida State here. I think, again, I think it was all about getting an SEC team in. They'd have done this to anybody. And, and again, I. If Alabama had beaten Texas and that was their only loss, like, then Texas would have been out. I, I think it was truly just they could not fathom an SEC team not being in the champions in the, in the playoffs. I mean, Desmond Howard went on record. I mean, you can, you can go to my Twitter and find the, the video. Desmond Howard, College Game Day, like literally went on record saying, yeah, the conversations like three or four weeks before were we're going to have an SEC team in here. And so, like, there's an ESPN host telling you what they did. They, they had to have an SEC team, in. the only way they could do that was to bump Texas up, too, because Texas beat them head-to-head, so they blamed the Travis injury. They thought that was the path of least resistance. That's what they did. I don't think the Alliance was saving that. I don't think, oh, Florida State's in the Alliance, so we'll leave Bama out. Like, that crap wasn't happening.
2: <laughs> TJ Pittenger, each and every Thursday. There was already a polarization between Florida State and the ACC. That's not new, but did this particular event, Boo Corrigan, cheering the committee, and the fact that Florida State get left out further add to the vitriol of Florida State wanting out of that league? I think so. I think you you would look at Boo
3: Corrigan and say, "Dude, you just cut off your nose." You know, you just—I mean—that you know the tinfoil hat out there is, is going to say like, "Oh, he took a payoff to put the SEC." I don't know about any of that, but I will say. He literally spited his own program. You know, like, this would have been better for NC State, for Florida State to be in. Now, I, I don't think he's supposed to factor that in. So I, I will say, like, you know, he's not supposed to be thinking, what's best for NC State if, if we send teams to the playoffs? So But he literally did. He hurt his own program by not doing what most people around the country think would have been the right thing to do. It's not like adding Florida State to the playoff was some controversial thing. Like, I think if you'd have put a 13-0 Florida State and every most people in the country, maybe out of outside of, Bama fans or Gator fans or Canes fans would have said, "Yeah, that's the right thing to do." Look at all the pro athletes that are saying, I "Can't believe this!" I'm shocked that this is what happened. Basically, everybody who played football on ESPN is is saying that. And so, yeah, I think I think you're upset with Boo Corrigan. I think you think that he made the wrong decision as an ACC guy. How that he didn't see that is, is frustrating. I think you know just just the fact that the ATC's brand and being weak in general, it just reinforces that. Like, I don't think that's new for for Florida State's athletic department or fans. I think they just feel that's reinforced even more. And then lastly, I I think you had Commissioner Sankey out there politicking for – not that it would have done anything, but you had Commissioner Sankey out there politicking for the SEC the entire week. Hey, if Bama's to win it, like they deserve to be – we need to have a team in one way or the other. And Commissioner Phillips, again, probably was talking about – you know, men's lacrosse or something the whole week because that seems to be the the go-to when when big football stuff happens for him. He didn't say a word about this. He he finally said something about it Sunday night. I'm sorry, Sunday morning, like at midnight. Once the once the ACC championship had happened, um, and then he puts out a two-sentence statement saying that you know he's shocked that Florida State didn't get in. That you know he probably didn't even write. Some secretary wrote for him. So yeah, I, I think that you look at it from all three angles: the Boo Oregon angle, the Commissioner Phillips' angle, just the ACC being weak angle, and ties are, yeah, are are
2: certainly uh, strained right now more than they've ever been with
3: the ACC and FSU.
2: Is this the most this- traumatic moment in Florida State's modern football history?
3: I mean, I think so. What, what would you know? I don't know what would be. I don't even know what would be next, right? Like any singular loss isn't going to be there. I think that you know well, I don't even know what you would put next to it, right? Like, the, like there's never been, like, a, I mean, even the Jameis stuff, like, that wasn't, you know, he just kind of played through, and there was, yeah, it was a big media circus, but that, that wasn't even close. I mean, maybe the closest thing was having to play Florida in a rematch in the 90s. Like, I can't even think of anything close to it. You know, to me, it's, it's similar. People keep saying, oh, when are you going to get over this? When, Florida State fans are never going to get over this. This is like the Miami, this is, Miami's got five national titles, and they're still talking about the Ohio State basketball game. Like that, this is going to live forever.
2: TJ, we will see you next week, sir. Hopefully in a better mood. <laughs> 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 see man. There he is, TJ Pittman. Does a fantastic job. Dave Hooker. When we continue, off the hook sports.
4: Good morning. A couple of accidents out here right now. It's starting to load up pretty good on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville. Starting to slow a bit at 65 south at Trinity Lane. Still looks good at the moment on 40 east up through Kingston Springs as that traffic volume increases coming in right now from Dixon County towards Nashville on 40 eastbound. Hey, Princess Hot Chicken is catering this holiday season. Check them out online today at PrincessHotChicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
5: In Tennessee, 967,430 people struggle with hunger, and 295,570 of them are children. That's one in seven who struggle with hunger, in the community. God has blessed our mission to be a healthy food source to those in need so much, by faith farm had to create a nonprofit to continue meeting the need in the community on a larger scale. Visit byfaithfarm.com to get involved. That's byfaithfarm.com.
1: Jackson Boone Racing.
5: The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series
1: Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and page high graduate who's been winning races since he was 8 years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service, along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing.
3: The TSU Tigers men's basketball team of fifth year coach Penny Collins are coming off a top three OVC finish last season and looking for much more this season. Led by preseason all conference guards Marcus Fitzgerald and Kenyon Hodges, the Tigers face an impressive non conference schedule that includes Oregon, Lipscomb, Austin P., Indiana State, and Liberty and tip off a league play on December 28th at Gentry Center versus UT Martin. Hello, this is Craig Pogue inviting you to join longtime TSU broadcaster Albert Dawson on all of the games this season right here on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR.
1: If it's the P5, the G5, or a neutral site game in Council Bluffs, The Bill King Show has it covered.
2: A million items to get to here dave what is the top topic right now regarding
6: tennessee football i think it's whether or not uh joe milton plays in the uh, bowl game in the citrus bowl um and i wrote a column recently and if you just read the head if somebody just read the headline they probably thought to themselves well, he just wants joe out of here because nico's a better story and Well, yes, that that is true. But I do think it's better for Joe to cruise on out. Um, You're going against an Iowa defense, one of the best in the nation. And and really, what could he do against Iowa to, to change the narrative of him in the NFL? And that's that he's a very talented guy that needs a lot of work, that we talk about natural ability but doesn't have natural throwing ability. I think you were the first to say to me that, He's like a fastball uh, pitcher with no control. So uh, that to me is the top story. And quietly, I mean, they start practice on on Friday, uh, but there's no media availability over the weekend. So And there's no open periods. So I guess they're going to try to keep it it quiet. Uh, I'm not sure. But I visited with Jacob Warren, Tennessee tight end, and he still didn't know. So, you know, that makes me think something could possibly come down today. And I'm surprised it's not a bigger deal not just because your senior quarterback could leave, because wouldn't we be darned excited for three weeks of talking about seeing Nico uh, make his his first start in in the Citrus Bowl? That would be pretty exciting.
2: Also, he throws from the waist up, from the waist down his footwork.
6: i I just completely agree. (laughs) No, I completely agree with that. He's an all-arm thrower. Uh, he has, he has heavy feet. I feel like we're bashing. Um, but he, he just has the deficiencies. You know, he's the type of guy that you, you would once a decade, you get, he doesn't exactly pan out. You take him for a year or two. And that's what you got. I mean, even some of the, the best programs have those type of guys. Um, you know, there's Greg McElroy's out there. Um, but they have more talent around him obviously at Alabama. So yeah, I, I, I think that, and I got in this debate yesterday, is is Joe Milton going to get drafted? And one person said third round and one person said uh, fourth to seventh round. I'm not sure he gets drafted at all. I mean, I just, when I watch him, and you and I have watched a lot of football together, or not together, but combined, and I just don't see an NFL quarterback out of him, and I could be wrong. But if he goes out and he's seven of twenty two against Iowa for a hundred and seven yards, which is really possible, that can't help, right?
2: My only negative thought, and I want to see Nico. I'm just very biased there. I want to see him give him the ball, get out of the way. That's what I want. Preach. Preach. But but but, but I do worry that if you go out there you saw what Kentucky did to Destin Wade last year and Destin Wade's not nearly as good as Nico but I'd hate to go out there and get him killed in that ball game. That's my worry. Right. <laughs> right.
6: It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. He's too good. I've been told by too many people in practice he's <laughs> too good. I, I will I I spoke to somebody yesterday within the program. I said, Would you bet a week's phase that Nico's gonna be really, really good or I said, really good. And he said, I bet a month's pay that he's going to be really, really, really good. Um, there's an ability, there's an awareness that um, that is on a very high level. And with Joe Milton, it's at a very low level, I believe, the processing. The ability to move in the pocket, the ability to avoid the big hit. He's also put on 20 pounds um, since he's been at Tennessee, he got a little dinged early, but he's been ready to go for the past six or so weeks. Um, I, I, I've i even heard more this week that makes me optimistic that he could just not be a star, but a superstar um, in, in the coming years and, and maybe quicker than later um, because I, I think he's been chomping at the bit. I've been told they've split practice reps 50-50, which you know is unusual for a backup. and They've been doing that for a few weeks. So uh, I... I would be stunned if he didn't if he didn't pan out as long as Josh Heupel's around, which I think he will be, and there's a solid foundation. Now there's Jonathan Crompton who we go back to and he was a five star quarterback and but there were all kinds of crazy things going on with the program around him. So he was a little bit disappointing until the last half of his senior year. I don't think Nico's gonna have any of those issues. I think he's gonna be really, really good.
2: I didn't even mean to bring this up, but I was watching one of your clips. Give everybody one minute, one minute on this. Derek Dooley at Tennessee. Von Bell's playing right there on the Tennessee-Chattanooga border, and Dooley didn't want him or didn't know who he was or whatever.
6: Oh, this is pretty, this is pretty classic. So I'll make the trip to go cover Von Bell. And it was, it was some sort of an event, but it wasn't his actual signing. But we were like two weeks away from him announcing his commitment. And I remember, and I can't remember the third school for sure, but obviously Ohio State was one. And I said, who are your finalists? And he said, uh, Ohio State. I think it was Alabama. He said, Ohio State, Alabama, and I guess Tennessee. And I said, what do you, what do you mean you guess Tennessee? I've heard you were a big Tennessee fan. He goes, I don't know, man. And um, I asked around, Derek Dooley never really recruited him. Not in any real shape, form, or fashion where he went after him for months. I mean, he might have made a phone call or two. I'd, I've never proved this, so I was told that Derek Dooley never went to a Friday night game. Uh, but for those that don't know, I mean, Von Bell you know, went on to Ohio State, as, as we know, and was literally 90 minutes from Tennessee's campus. Um, that's how bad it was. And we actually have a story going up by Josh Ward about uh, the difference between Dooley, Butch, Pruitt, and now Heupel. And some of the numbers are really stunning. Um, I, I was pretty blown away by Josh's piece. You got a
2: five-star within an hour and a half drive of your <laughs> campus.
6: <laughs> with poster with posters of Tennessee, I, I was on covering his wall. Uh, the, 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 his whole room, um, and he was befuddled. He was like, "What? I mean, what do I have to?" I, I feel like that he would have ran. He wanted to come to Tennessee so bad. I think if Derek Dooley would have shown up and said, "You need to do a pro day for me," he would have done it. But um, at that point, it was already. It was Derek Dooley. I guess had his eye on some other safety from Arizona that we've never heard of. Players
2: that can return but have not made a decision. Any new news there?
6: You know, I really don't. I mean, obviously, Keenan Pilly. Um, Keenan Pilly has to get his six-year. So, that would be – or I guess it would be seventh with COVID, right? Um, The five, six – yeah, seventh. So, he has to get his sixth year But I was told yesterday – at first, it was, it was the news – uh, on a lot of people's front because he had just said, I want to come back. Well, it doesn't mean he can't come back. We've seen the NCAA do stupid stuff. So in the interim, well, I made some phone calls yesterday, and I was told they highly expect that he's going to get another year because he did two years with his Mormon mission, and then uh, he, he missed the majority of two different years with two different injuries. So, you know, unless the NCAA does something stupid, which is always a caveat that we have to include, right? Um, he should be available next year, and this is a guy that walked in and commanded the respect of a whole lot of players from the get. Uh, Bill and I, I, you know, I think we've seen that Josh Heifel doesn't hand over starting positions, but that that position was was his middle linebacker as soon as he stepped foot on campus and took part took part in the first uh, practice, and um, I think that's a, a really big pickup. For Tennessee, uh, as long as he gets that six year, and and he deserves to be able to hear it by January, so he can participate in spring practice. I've, I've chased the former around asking about eligibility for years in August. Well, that's ridiculous because you can't get ready for the season. So uh, that would be uh, certainly the big one. Um, the rest of the guys are just kind of in a, a wait and see. I think Brew McCoy is huge because I think he's by far Tennessee's best receiver. I would think he would come back. Uh, with the injury, Javante Spragans is another one that hinted that he would come back, but I haven't heard final word. But, again, quietly, I mean, they start practice tomorrow. So, I mean, if you're going to come back, I would think you'd be at practice tomorrow, right?
2: Jordan Seaton, IMG Academy, five-star offensive lineman, announces today. Trying to be careful here. Tennessee, Ohio State, Oregon, Alabama, Buckeyes for a pretty long stretch considered the favorite until about 48 hours ago. Correct?
6: Yes, and um, even maybe stronger 18 hours ago or so um, yesterday right. afternoon. I, I, you know, there's a there's a Tennessee buzz there, uh, but you know, recruiting is recruiting. So I guess I'm I'm to the point where I'll wait and see. But if you would have asked me just exactly like you said on Monday, I would have said Tennessee has a 10% shot. I think Tennessee has you know a better than punchers shot at, at being able to land him, uh, and and they might pick one up, and that would be a huge huge get because if you look at Tennessee's um, offensive line next season, they could actually be pretty good, especially if Cooper Mays comes back. And that's a guy that I should have mentioned that could uh, go on to the NFL. And I think that's an NIL play. I mean, I think that he deserves every bit of money that Tennessee's boosters can get to him because we saw what happened at Florida. So, um, but after that, after 2024, you start to wonder about Tennessee's offensive line and their offensive line depth. So they'll take all the... Highly rated offensive lineman they can take right now, especially with Addison Nichols recently uh, leaving the program, who for whatever reason I was told just wasn't a good fit at Tennessee.
2: Do we know what time he makes his announcement, Seton?
6: You broke up a little bit. I'm sorry, Bill.
2: Do we know what time Jordan Seton makes
6: his announcement today? I'd I, I, I heard 10 a.m. and then I heard 4 p.m. So um, I can – i uh, do a double check this morning and uh, shoot you a text here shortly and figure it out before you go off the air.
2: I've been looking. I haven't seen anything. Also, there was a report that he was out in California.
6: Uh, yeah, that was the other thing that I thought was weird. I heard he was doing the announcement in L.A. I don't know why you would do the announcement in L.A. We've um, <laughs> seen some weird ones in recruiting, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> it started with the hat um and and now it's just gotten to the point where it is funny you mentioned um i think it was von bell that his mom stormed off the the side stage when i was covering his uh commitment i believe that was at the Under Armour game. we've seen a lot in in recruiting so why la i don't know i guess the rainbow room was was open or the whiskey go-go had a good act so you might as well go to la and make your announcement
2: So talk about Dylan Sampson unhappy about touches in the Vanderbilt game. Has that settled down?
5: I think it's –
6: I think Dylan Sampson needs to take the same mindset of Alvin Kamara, um, who was underutilized at Tennessee but always had a smile on his face and really didn't care because he knew it it would extend his time in the NFL. I mean, running backs – are what they are um you're going to churn through those as fast as you can and try not to get stuck with that second contract so if i were to sit with dylan sampson i'd say listen make what you can make at, at tennessee be happy don't do anything crazy everybody that knows football knows that you're a special tailback and probably a better fit for the nfl in some cases than even college so Just chill out because in about five or six years, you're gonna if you're healthy and you play well, you're gonna hit that second contract, and that's where as a running back you can potentially really get paid, as opposed to not. But um, you know, running backs are just kind of in that position where they they're kind of a you know they just kind of have to take it as it comes, and uh, I would encourage him not to be upset by uh, ten to twelve. Uh, touches if if that were the case next year. Now, I think he should touch the ball more than 10 or 12 times. Um, I think he should be a bigger part of Tennessee's offense, so I understand his frustration, but if he were my son, by the way, happy birthday to my son Trammell, if you don't mind me saying so today, Um, if he were my son, I I would say everything is going to be just fine. If they only give you the ball eight times, that means you're fresher for the NFL, and that's when the real money starts coming in. So, I don't think that's a big issue. I don't think he's going to do anything crazy like like transfer or anything.
2: Less than sixty seconds. Juice Wells supposedly Tennessee or Texas.
6: I don't know if that's the only
2: list, but are you hearing something similar?
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing similar, not Tennessee. Um, so, but um, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to come to Tennessee. So the logistic side of my brain, the logical part, I should say. Um, says that it should be Tennessee. It makes a lot of sense, but then kind of the scuttlebutt I'm hearing is that it won't be Tennessee. So, Didn't mean to sidestep that one for you, but don't have a great feel for that one, but I think you're right on the two primary schools.
2: Off the Hook Sports, Dave Hooker on Thursdays with us. Appreciate the time, sir. Thanks, sir. There he is, Mr. Dave Hooker. Top of our three catch from Orange Bloods if you're new to the show, you're gonna say, what's catch? What do you why'd you just insert the word catch? Jeff Catchum. Jeff Catchum, Orange Bloods, from Texas. Top of our three, JC Shepard, right after that. Omni Nashville Hotel.
4: Good morning. Still see heavy traffic right now coming out of Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area. Watch for a little bit of radar this morning down I forty in Wilson County. Starting to slow at times through Millersville on 65 coming south. you got all that traffic behind it coming in from Robertson County down through that section of Sumner County. Don't miss it this holiday season. Enchanted Garden of Lights at Rock City in Chattanooga. It's worth that drive. Check it out online at CrockCity.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
2: Do you want to work at the OG of Hot Chicken, Princess Hot Chicken Tanker? Outlet Mall, 4060 Cane Ridge Parkway, Suite 102 in Antioch. Princess is looking for fun, energetic, and friendly smiling faces as food runners and cashiers. They're also looking to create an amazing culinary team to carry on the Princess tradition. Interested in working in a great environment with great hourly wages? Submit a resume to AFH at gmail.com or fill out an application on the Princess Hot Chicken website. That's PrincessHotChicken.com. PrincessHotChicken.com
7: we all know that Nashville life can get hectic. In the middle of all the madness that it is it's like, don't forget to take care of yourself. Treat yourself to Nashville's ultimate relaxation experience at Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel. With services for men and women, Mokara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel is your one-stop shop for full-body treatment. Begin your experience in the exquisite relaxation room, then enjoy a full-body treatment or even a couple's massage before finishing in the salon. Located on the fourth floor of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Makara Spa is Nashville's highest quality self-care oasis to book your experience or gain information on packages call makara spa today at 615-761-3600 again 615-761-3600 or log on to the omnihotel.com and with every booking you'll have free valet parking and rooftop pool access to enjoy the music city skyline and through labor day enjoy the fourth floor spa terrace for only twenty dollars Mocara spa at the omni nashville hotel fifth avenue downtown
1: Oh, oh, uh,
0: open that one. It's from me.
1: Holiday Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Best gift
0: ever. Wait, these tickets are already scratched.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it was me. I was just so excited. But look, we
0: won. Tis the season for epic cash prizes. This year, give the most winning gift of all Holiday Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, what game changing fun. Let's play responsibly.
1: The world's largest indoor cocktail party, The Bill King Show.
2: Admit, I have not looked at the spreads of any of these bowl games. Not in a few days. Let's do this. Let's take a look. Aggies and the mullet will play in the Texas Bowl. Aggies favored by three and a half. Trojans... Meaning the prophylactic posse against the Louisville Cardinals. Remember Caleb Williams not playing. Louisville's favored by seven and a half. I'm just skipping around here. Arizona, which went nine and three this year, against Boomer Sooner. Arizona favored by three and a half. Missouri and the Buckeyes. Missouri's favored by one and a half. That's interesting. I have not noticed that. That's the first time I've seen that. Missouri is favored by one and a half. Not sure. I'm going to have to think that one out. Clemson minus seven over Kentucky. Notre Dame minus. Eight-and-a-half against Oregon State. You're fighting, Irish. Georgia-Florida State, Georgia 14. Ole Miss and James Franklin, both teams 10-2. Penn State minus three-and-a-half. Michigan still favored. One-and-a-half. Michigan minus one-and-a-half over Alabama in the The semifinal out in Pasadena. That is the first. January 1st at 4 Central, 5 Eastern. Michigan right now minus 1 and a half. The Oregon-Liberty game. Oregon, the Duckies minus 16 and a half. The other semifinal in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. And that one is... 745 8 ish on January 1st. Texas is favored over UW by four. Now, the total on that is 64 and a half. Texas favored. Iowa and Tennessee. Iowa 10 and 3. Vols went 8 and 4. We were just talking to Dave Hooker about that. Does Milton play the bowl game or not? I know that the pro Milton crowd will critique me for this, and, you know, that's fair game. I am here for the critique. I'm hoping Joe skips the bowl game. I want to see Nico. My one worry is, is that that Iowa defense ragdolls him. That's my concern. (laughs) There is a concern there. Tennessee's favored by 7.5. And And Wisconsin-LSU bowl game, LSU minus 10.5. There you have it. That is the, uh, what do they call that, the Rella? What is that? I don't even know the name of that bowl game. Wisconsin and LSU playing. That'll be, I believe, I believe that's the last bowl game. Now, we do have the Army-Navy game coming up Saturday. And I remember looking about five days ago, the total on that is 28 and a half. That might have moved. Very, very tiny total on that one because the under has hit basically all year long. Brian Buckeye in Texas said, I think Ohio State was favored when the matchups were announced against Missouri, but Portal News changed the odds. Got to be really careful with bowl games. Because what you need to know, but what could be unclear until they get out on the field, is who's really motivated. How many times have we been on this show historically? where it's bowl season, we'll wonder who's motivated and who's not. We'll speculate on it. We'll hear speculation on it. And then you get into the game. Because that's the true arbiter of the truth. That's the sodium pentathols. once you get in there. And it's very easy to see when a team has mailed it in for a bowl game. It just is, Jim in Jupiter. Bill, can you ask the great Cosby Catman his thoughts on Florida State getting let out? The Knowles want to hear the goat's thoughts on that. I'd love to hear his thoughts on that because you got to remember the Cosby Catman hates everybody, but he's he's in the SEC. So he's going to hate Alabama, just naturally. Cosby Kataman's a Tennessee fan. He hasn't had, modern times, a whole lot of good news against Alabama in football. Won it in 22, won that game, a very exciting game. Before that, you got to go back to Mike Shula. For Tennessee to have won that game. So he's going to naturally hate. H-word, yes, I'm using it. Strong word now. He's naturally going to hate Alabama. So I'm sure he would take Florida State's side on that. He's got really no hate for Florida State. They played in 98 for the National Championship, but there's no history there. Jeff Ketchum, top of hour or two, J.C. Said that. Catch Hour Three, JC Sherbert, the and also Carolina Rise. Hour Three, Omni Nashville Hotel.
4: Good morning. We've seen a couple of wrecks out here in the last few minutes. There's still some volume coming in from Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville, up through the Hickory Hollow area on 24 westbound at Bell Road. It's pretty crowded now over here in Hermitage, into Donaldson on 40 west there at Donaldson Pike. Behind it, all that traffic still coming in from... Uh, Wilson County. It's pretty busy now uh, out in Bellevue on 40 East all the way up to Charlotte Pike. Princess Hot Chicken is catering during this holiday season. Check out their menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
0: This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton show. <laughs> Former Titans coach Jeff Fisher. Who's grumpy this morning, <laughs> Coach? So, I'm not grumpy. Hey John,
3: I mean, hey, John. Yeah. Pull your head out of your butt. Get yourself in a better mood. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best, Coach. Thanks for the pep talk. Okay. <laughs> you just you just made a promo for him. <laughs> <Bye-bye>.
0: <laughs> Greg Pogue and News Channel Vibes John Burton, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio.
1: If it's the P5, the G5, or a neutral site game in Council Bluffs, The Bill King Show has it covered.
2: Jeff, too, has mentioned, he says, disgust for Florida State. He called them buffoons for not hiring Baby Kiff instead of Norvell. Of course, he also said the same thing about Miami when they hired Cristobal over the lane train. Yeah, but I think he bashes Miami way more than he's ever bashed Florida State. Florida State's not an item for him. Tony on Twitter in Atlanta said, If you want to hear the Cataman's opinion of the Florida State playoff controversy, listen to Gainesville. He loves calling in and arguing with Pat Dooley. Yeah, he's always, through the years, he's always talked about Pat Dooley. Who's been with the Gainesville. Is he still with the Gainesville son? I know he was there forever. He may still be there. Pat Dooley. I've known Pat for probably 25 years. I'll never forget. Pat used to have, I don't know what his time slot is, but he used to do sort of a mid-morning show. And I will say this again, I'll never forget. I was doing his show when 9-11 happened. And we were talking about the upcoming Tennessee-Florida game. I remember walking from my office area into the bedroom, and I was just walking around, phone up to my ear, doing the show with him. And the TV was on, and it was those Twin Towers burning and all that. And I remember thinking, okay, that's really, really bad but I wasn't thinking any kind of terrorist item or attack. And we were talking about the upcoming Tennessee-Florida game. Finish the interview, start paying attention, realize actually the gravity of what was going on. And shortly thereafter, of course, all sporting events for that weekend got canceled. And that Tennessee-Florida game got moved to the end of the year, the end of the regular season, which really helped Tennessee. It, It did. Yeah, it really did. Georgia Dog says, fallout from Florida State being left out. Ten ACC teams going to bowls. Every team in the ACC dropped one spot lower in the bowl importance due to Florida State taking the Orange Bowl. No, Kelv in Chicago. I did see this, too. I didn't really check on it. Didn't have time to look, Bill, but did you see the Orange Bowl coaches conference was canceled yesterday, starting the rumor that neither team was happy with the college football playoff, and it could lead to the game being canceled. I I don't – it won't come to that, no. But I don't know how Florida State – and I know it is the – I love the Orange Bowl. That might be my favorite of all of them. Just that location, Miami Gardens – proximity, They usually they would put us up in Fort Lauderdale really, really nice on the beach. Easy to get to. And I love New Orleans. I love Pasadena. I do not love Glendale. I do not love, I, I despise Glendale. I like Atlanta. I love going there to games. But hard to imagine how Georgia or Florida State is motivated for this game. What's, what's in it for you? Well, Bill, I mean, you get up and you compete there, Bill. Well, okay, but I don't know if that's reality. Let me put it this way. Whatever happens in that game means nothing as it applies to the future. Absolutely zippo zero means nothing. I'll probably have it on, and if it's sloppy or something, it'll be difficult to watch. Perry Mason says, Bill, I was listening to that show when you were on it. Pat is doing an afternoon show right now from 4 to 6. Cosby calls every day. Says that game cost Florida a natty, and Rexy Rex Grossman, the Heisman. Yeah, that was a very surreal day. Hop boy. Bill, hopefully Cosby monitors Twitter. He needs to come to commitments. Tom is bringing a spread of high-quality bourbon, and, heck, I'll buy him a pour of Dickel at Bar Lines. Cosby is not a go-to-an-event guy. His mystique is part of his shtick, his mystique. The unknown, Cosby not being there is always, has always been part of his mystique. Jim and Jupiter. Bill Cosby thinks Florida State, Miami, or any other team that doesn't hire baby Kiff is wrong. That's true. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I tell you, we do we do miss him. But I, he's gone. He, he's a pretty stubborn guy. And I'm not saying that as a critique. That's not a, you know, knucklehead stubborn dude. It's just he's set in his ways and he's he's set. He's called my shows dating back probably 30 years. And this time it might be it. I don't know. When we come back, Jeff Catchup. Catch, him. catch him be with us. Hour three. J.C. Sherbert as well. Omni Nashville. Let's go.